Good to see each and every one of you. Something powerful is happening this morning. We already sense it even in the worship. And uh, let's continue to be open to what the Lord has even for each one of us this morning. He's touching us already. Our theme is on reach. And uh, we have been focusing on reaching up. All right, we've been talking about uh, reaching up. And I have focused uh, on the, uh, in the area of prayer, the heart of prayer in one week. And then the other week, we talk about simple prayer. That is reaching up. And I pray that your, your, your uh, prayer life will be enhanced and reach even through this. And then after that, the last uh, session, we talk about reaching up in worship. Reaching up in worship. And that is raise a hallelujah. It's very powerful. And just now, you know, as you worship the Lord, you know, I, I look around and I'm so glad. I know that there are worshippers. We are worshippers here in the house of the Lord. And many of you are really, really engaged and deep in worship. You are raising up a hallelujah unto the Lord. And uh, I tell you, these two areas are very important. Prayer and worship. What two areas? Prayer and worship. In fact, these two areas are intertwined together. You cannot separate the two. Prayer and worship go hand in hand. Not just for now, but also in the last days. And even, you know, what, what, what John saw in the heavenlies, in the, in the book of Revelation, especially Revelation chapter 5 to chapter 8, you see that prayer and revelation, uh, sorry, prayer and worship go hand in hand. It is represented by the symbols there. In the book of Re Re Revelation, there is the harps, music, praise, worship unto the Lord. And then there is the bowl, the bowl of incense, the golden bowl of incense, which contain the prayers of the saints. Rising up unto the Lord, the harp and the bowls. Prayer and worship go hand in hand. So it must be in our lives as well. And in these last days, I tell you, God is doing something in these two areas. There is a prayer movement that is spreading all over the nations of the world. And people are, are, are getting together in prayer. Friends, you know, and, and, and there is a revival even in prayer. And not only in prayer, but also in worship. There are great worship movements all over the world, you know. And people just come together just for worship. And uh, uh, sometimes they just spend hours and hours just worshiping the Lord together. What a wonderful thing it is, you know. And uh, so prayer and worship go hand in hand. And today, I'd like to continue to just focus in the area of worship in the area of worship. And I'd like to touch on worship by the Spirit. Everybody say, worship by the Spirit. There is only one way to worship. All genuine worship must flow out of the Spirit or out of the overflow of the Spirit in our lives. All genuine worship must be born of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, because this is the worship that God desires from each and every one of us. 
Now there are, uh, there are so many texts that I can pick on 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 uh, worship, but I like to focus on just these two. And there's worship. There's there's so much that we can talk about worship, but I would like to focus more on just these two texts. And so it will not be very comprehensive. There are so many other areas that we won't have time to talk on, but just from these two powerful texts. Let's read to get, let's see the word of the Lord. Let's read the word of the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Ephesians. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> What is Paul saying in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3? What he's saying is that true worship comes from the Holy Spirit. We worship by what? By the, Holy, by the Spirit of God. We do not put any confidence in the flesh at all. But worship must be by the Spirit. In other words, when we have the Holy Spirit, the natural outburst and expression of the Holy Spirit is that of worship. It's that of worship. The Holy Spirit evokes worship. The Holy Spirit inspires worship. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> empowers and energizes us for worship. And it's very important for us to understand that. And likewise also in the book of Ephesians, it says what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Worship will come. Verse 19 onwards talks about worship already. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, for the Pentecostals, we say that the initial physical evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is what? Come on. Speaking in tongues. That's the initial but there are many other evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of which is worship, the main one. Alright? You know, is that of worship unto the Lord. And so worship is so, so very critical, so very vital, even in the Christian life. It is part and parcel of the Christian faith, actually. And God has designed us even to be worshippers. Every one of us will worship. Alright, either you worship the true and the living God or you worship other idols and other gods or you worship other things and even objects. We are created even in that manner to worship. It's a matter of who do you worship. And when you are filled with the Spirit, you find that the Spirit will lead us even deeper into worship. Now, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, as many of you are. You know, some of you grew up here. And uh, in, the, in the old days, I wouldn't say the good old days. You know, uh, worship is just very simple, all right? And uh, those of you who grew up in the 70s and in the 80s, at that time, we, are, we don't have such high-tech worship yet. 
you know what, with big screen and uh, 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 LED overhead or whatever it is, is. And we do not even have worship team. All we have is just what? We don't even call it a worship team or worship leading. We call it a song leader. You know, there is only one song leader. Remember, how many of you have been song leaders in the past? You all have been song leaders. You went up there just alone, no backup team, you know, and no rehearsals, and uh, you just go up, just trust in the Lord, move a little bit of your hand, and then after that, you know, just uh, uh, sometimes you find that they will just wait for the spontaneous spontaneity, all right? There is a spontaneous hush, uh, or sometimes there is a loud shouting, and then after that, you know, the Spirit of God may touch somebody, and somebody may prophesy, give a message in tongues, wait for the interpretation, wait, wait for the interpretation, somebody interpreted, everybody was blessed, and wow, it's just fantastic. That's just a simple way of worshipping, but how powerful it is. Now, we have come a long, long way already. Worship has taken on a new dimension altogether, you know, and uh, I see it as a good thing because actually, it is actually going back to the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Now, the, the worship during the days of, of, of uh, David was very, very uh, organized and very, very uh, 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 <coughs> involved, all right? Very, very involved. The people were very involved. So you find that you know, uh, uh, there is a hunger. There is a hunger even for true, genuine worship even today. And I tell you, when we learn to plug into these two areas, like I say, worship and prayer are intertwined, you know. When we must learn not only to pray, but also to worship. And when we must learn not only to worship, but also to pray. These two must go hand in hand. And many times in a, in a, in a setting like this, or even in a prayer meeting, you find that, now, all those elements are there. Worship by the Spirit. We notice very, very importantly that the, the Spirit inspires and evokes worship. That's what the Holy Spirit does when He fills our life. One of the things that He does, friends, many times we focus too much on just uh, uh, healing and deliverance, casting out demons, but hey, the Spirit is the Spirit of worship. When He comes in, there is the evocation, all right, the release of the Spirit of worship because that's what He has come to do in each one of our lives. So Spirit feels singing. For example, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. All right, what, what does He do? He evokes worship and there is, the, there, is a, there, there is singing. There is spirit-filled singing that's described here in these verses. Paul has already said, Be not drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, have you seen drunkards before? When they are drunk with wine, what do they do? They sing, actually, right? They, no, no, they sing all kinds of songs, they walk and so on, right? But that's what drunken people do. They sing all kinds of songs. I don't know what inspired them to sing, but Paul says, no, no, no. Our drunkenness in the Spirit, we do not sing those kind of songs. But when you are drunk in the Spirit, there will be the songs that will arise from your heart. It is a Spirit evoked, Spirit inspired, Spirit-led songs. Friend, it is very, very powerful. 
the expression of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Spirit-filled people will manifest it by spiritual singing. Now, many of us may not see it that way. We link it only to speaking in tongues, which is good, which is vital. But then, another aspect, a very, very important aspect is spirit-filled people will worship the Lord by the Spirit. And the Spirit will stir up within us that kind of worship that pleases God the kind of worship that God is seeking from each and every one of us. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is not the work of man. The Holy Spirit desires to express Himself in and through us, through songs, spiritual songs. Now, why is that so very, very important? You find that singing may... May, may seem so natural to many of us, all right? And some of us have a natural gift in singing. I mean, when you sing, wow, you know, uh, nobody runs away, everybody gets glued to your singing, you know, because of the voice that is so melodious. But it says, this has nothing to do with just the voice, but it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit even upon our singing, even upon our worship. Why did God choose singing as the medium? Spiritual singing. Why did God choose singing? Is it so important? Yes, of course. You find that many times, uh, even, even in the natural, you find that uh, uh, songs have, have a way, you know, of moving us in our emotions rather than a speech. When many times when God wants to communicate, it may not be a speech, but it may be through a song. That's why advertisers are very smart. They don't tell you about their product, but they put it in a song. How many, how many of you remember the Ajinomoto song? How many of you remember the Milo song? You remember it because it's a song, or at least there's a rhyme to read, you know, and it stays with you. You know? And many times when you want to do anything, put it in a song. And, and, and because it has a way of moving our emotions. Rather than just touching our head. And it has a way of bypassing every resistances of the mind to touch us in the heart. That's why God chose song. Singing. As worship even unto Him. I believe that God is the one who, who gave us music and songs in the first place. And so when the Spirit comes, you find that, hey, He inspires worship and we will want to sing unto the Lord. We will want to sing unto the Lord. And this singing must be both individual and corporate. There is a place for you to sing by the Spirit individually in your worship and also corporately. That's why Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, in your heart, making melody where? In your heart. It must begin from the heart. Worship must begin from the heart and must start and must, must, must come from the heart, individually before the Lord. Making melody, singing unto the Lord. 
But then in Colossians, the, the identical passage in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Speaking to one another in songs, in, in hymns, you know. And so we speak to one another. We declare to one another. And unto the Lord, of course, you know, in, in spiritual songs. So it must be individually and corporately. So when we come together corporately, I tell you, uh, there is something powerful that happens when the people of God are together. We often quoted that verse where two or three are gathered together. You know, Jesus says, I'm in their midst. Yes, and when we worship together, there is, there is something powerful that has been released in corporate worship. And in corporate worship, worship by the Spirit is not just singing three fast songs and two slow songs. No. Something happens when we come together and worship. Because God is a central person. God is a focus. And as we shall see, many wonderful things will happen. So I encourage you, when it comes to corporate worship, friends, don't miss out. Do not miss out in corporate worship. If you have been used to getting up late on Sunday morning, go to bed earlier on Saturday evening night. And come. Come not just on time, but before time even. I, I, I applaud each one of you. I mean, this is an 8.30 service and, and, and you all are here already for the 8.30 service. In fact, our 8.30 service has more people than the 11 o'clock service. That means you take the time to wake up early. You could have slept in on the Sunday morning, but you come here and, 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 and it's so wonderful. You know? And some people... You know, they come to service, they think that, ah, worship is not important. I just sing a few songs, fill in the gap only, you know, until the speaker comes up and preach. No. Singing, corporate worship is not filling in the gap until the chairs are more filled up, until the preacher is ready to preach. No. It is a powerful weapon. It is inspired and evoked by the Spirit of God Himself. And when we do it together, friends, in the way that God has designed, something powerful is going to take place. Amen? Hallelujah. There's the songs of the Spirit. In Ephesians 5, talking about the three kinds of songs that are there. Paul listed three kinds of songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Some people say that actually all these three are the same. Uh, there may be a little bit of distinction. Psalms may be the Psalms as uh, found in the book of Psalms, you know, shorter version. Hymns may be the songs directed to God and to Christ as in the songs of uh, Hannah in the book of Samuel and the songs of Moses in the book of uh, Exodus, you know, and they just uh, 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 celebrated even the victories that the Lord has given to them. And uh, spiritual songs, I like the word spiritual songs, but in the Greek, in the Greek, in the Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, spiritual songs, oide, uh, uh, pneumatikos, actually means songs of the Spirit. 
It is songs of the Spirit. And that's what we are talking about. We are singing the songs of the Spirit. Spirit-inspired songs. It may not necessarily be that you have to write songs and all that, you know. But we, we thank the Lord that many are, are going into writing songs of the Spirit. And even our worship team, you know, uh, uh, they, they, they are into that already. They are writing many songs of the Spirit, you know, inspired by the Spirit, songwriting and all that. But here basically it's just, just, just uh, songs, songs direct, uh, that you may sing, directed and led by the Spirit of God. And it may be just any spiritual songs. And it is very, very powerful when you begin to burst out in songs unto the Lord. Alright, some of you may say, but, but I don't have a singing voice. Same, same. Alright, I don't have a singing voice. You know, and, but that doesn't stop me from singing unto the Lord. Sometimes when I work late at night, you know, in the office, I may be the only one. Now, then I begin to burst up in singing. But if others are outside, uh, you won't hear me singing, uh, you know, you know. And last night I was there late and I was just bursting out in songs and just singing whatever tune and whatever song the Lord granted to me. And it's just so, so beautiful. All right. And, uh, and so songs of the Spirit, you know, and, 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 and these are songs that celebrate. The, uh, many of the songs there are songs that celebrate even the majesty, the glory of the Lord. These are songs that celebrate the deliverance of the Lord. These are songs that celebrate the provision of the Lord. These are songs that celebrate the goodness of God, the salvation of the Lord. And it's found all over the Scripture. There's no one particular kind of song. I know some of us favor one kind of song than the other, but there's no hard and fast rule on that. God can use any songs and turn it into a spiritual song even unto Him. Do you know what is the most frequent commandment in the Bible? The most often repeated commandment in the Bible. God commanded us to do it. Repeated all over the scriptures. What is that? The most frequent commandment in the Bible is sing. Sing unto the Lord. you find it all over the scriptures. Especially, of course, in the book of Psalms and many other places. And it is directed as a command. Sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord, a new song. Sing unto the Lord, oh ye. Oh, sing unto the Lord. And just so many of us have our mouth refusing to see me telling God, God, I don't know how to sing. I don't have a tune. I don't feel like singing. There are times that I don't feel like singing. I've come and confessed before the Lord. But God commands us over and over again, sing unto Him because singing is a tool of the Spirit of God. Oh, I must really move on. Besides singing, there is music. And somehow, the Holy Spirit also uses anointed music. Very important. Anointed music, not just singing. 1 Chronicles 25 verse 6 says, They were all under the direction of their father in the music in the house of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lights for the service of the house of God. So all these people, 
were recruited because they are musicians. Now, we do, many times we, we, we do not pay much attention to, 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 to music, even in a the, in the, in the corporate setting. But in the service of the house of the Lord, in the tabernacle of David, music is a big part. Now, of course, their kind of music may be, their, their musical instruments may be different from ours, but I friend, it is still music. And uh, the Bible contains many commands also to play on musical instruments. Why music? There is power in anointed music as well. And this is something that we do not realize, both in songs and in music. If it is spiritual, it will build you up. But what fills your house, what fills your car all the time? If it is just rock and roll, it is uh, just a uh, hard, what do you call that? Hard rock kind of uh, 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 songs, you find that it will affect your life. But if it is spiritual songs, anointed music, friends, it will touch you in, in a way that you never imagined possible. So you find that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, you know, there is a, whenever Saul was tormented by an evil spirit, he will bring along, he will ask for David. And David will just play on the heart. And then after that, the evil spirit will be irritated, agitated, and will leave Saul. David did not have to cast out the evil spirit at all. David did not have to lay hands on Saul at all. All he needed to do was just play music on his heart. And then the evil spirit will leave. There is power in music. And the devil knows that. The devil is irritated and angered by spirit anointed music. He has a power to cast him out. He, he cannot even fight against anointed music. And it creates a spiritual atmosphere in which God's voice can be heard. Now listen to 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15. The king of Israel was about to go to battle against the Moabites. He needed direction. He needed need to know whether, whether, what, what was going to happen. He needed God's help. He called for Elisha. And you know what Elisha did? Elisha says, but now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. Wow! When the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. There is power in anointed music. And so sometimes, some preachers would prefer when they are preaching or during the altar call, they would prefer some soft music in the background. Why? Is it again just to entertain, to fill in the gap? No. It's a release of the anointing of the Holy Spirit even. It is as what Elisha have asked for. There is something about anointed music. So, so powerful. In music will influence your soul, touch your spirit even, you know, and affect your body. And so God wants us to have anointed music. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives, He anoints music. So musicians, you play a very, very important role. You are not just making noise up here. 
You're not just beating the drum. You're not just strumming the guitar. But you're releasing the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there's power in it. Now, of course, you know, I, I, this is, there's nothing, nothing magical about it. I'm not saying that uh, 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 every time it happens, uh, somebody will get you, some uh, demons will flee and all that. No, no. But just allow the Spirit. We are not asking, we are not demanding anything of the Holy Spirit at all. But we just play, we dedicate that song unto the Lord, we dedicate that talent unto the Lord, and we just let the Holy Spirit do His work. That's all. And He chose the medium of music to touch many of us. How many of you have been touched by music and songs in your life? All of us, I believe, are. And some of these songs are even non-Christian songs. You still remember the song that you sang sang long time ago? How come you can still remember? The pastor's sermon last week on, you forgot already. 20 years ago, song and music, you can still remember. 40 years ago, you know, you're still singing the karaoke. It just rings a bell. Why? Music. God anointed music and, and songs especially. I tell you, it's very, very powerful. So saturate yourself. Saturate your home. Surround yourself with songs, spiritual songs and music that will build you up and edify you. So we worship by the Spirit in spiritual singing in musical instruments. And we need more of you. Alright, some of you are so talented in musical instruments. Come on, join the worship team. Alright, join the worship team. And, 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 and in, spirit, in, in songs and in music, I tell you, our, our worship team, they, they have already recorded, I think, uh, uh, just some, some instruments, in, instrumentals itself. Just music alone. Now, in due time, they will announce to you how you can assess this and that and using the social media. All right? And even in songs, they are coming up with your new songs unto the Lord and, and really seeking the Spirit, anointing and touch. But this is not just for the worship team. It's for each and every one of us. We can plug into it because the sign, one of the evidence, one of the working of the Holy Spirit is that of songs and music. I, don't, I, I won't even touch on the body or expressions of the body, lifted hands, dancing, prostrate, and all those kind of things is part and parcel of it. But let's move on. Alright, God uses worship to reveal His heart, purpose, and power. He uses music to reveal Himself. How? You see, worship is an encounter. The main thing about worship is it is an encounter. It is not education, it is not entertainment, but it is an encounter with God. God reveals Himself to us even through the medium of worship. Anything that moves requires a gate. If anything that moves from one place to another requires a gate or a doorway. And in the same way, when God wants to move, there must be a doorway. In Genesis, Jacob cried out, you know, say, this is the gateway of heaven. And I did not realize it. God wants to translate something from heaven down to earth. And there must be a gateway. And the gateway that God has chosen many times is that of worship. It opens a channel for God to reveal Himself, 
His plans, His purposes, you know, His desires, His will for our life. That's how He does it. Through worship. And God wants us to have that divine encounter with Him even in worship. It is through worship that we know the heartbeat of God. You desire to know the will of God? Learn to worship Him. It is an encounter that is so powerful. A revelation of God Himself. In the earlier days, the computer and even handphone worked by dial-up modem. Alright? And that kind of a dial-up modem takes a long time. It may take about 15 minutes to download something. But now we have cable. We have fiber optics. And now the download time can be just a few seconds or even less than one second. And now they are talking about 5G and Huawei is already going into 6G. Oh, the speed will be tremendous. Downloading. God wants to download His revelation into our lives. And worship is like that kind of a modem. Are you still using the Dalat modem or are you into fiber optic already? You see, the, the more that we worship, the greater the worship, the greater the download time, the greater the revelation, the faster it is. Friends, it is an encounter with God. And it is very powerful. You see, God will visit worshippers. He will visit worshippers. If you are a worshipper, He will visit you. There's no doubt about it. John chapter 4 tells us already, God sees this kind of worshipper in spirit and in truth. And He will reveal Himself. Marvelous ways. Worship can bring healing and deliverance. We talk about Saul already. Sometimes all you need when you are sick and all that, just go into worship. You don't have to beg God all the time. But just learn to worship God. And the spirit that's tormenting you, God will lift it up and set you free. Worship is a mighty tool of warfare. It is for warfare. God has used worship as a means of warfare. Interestingly, in 1 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 1 and verse 2, David wanted to appoint worshippers in his team. You know who, who he consulted? He did not consult talent search. He consulted, you check for yourself, the commanders of his army. He consulted the commanders of his army in appointing the worship team. Because he, David knows he's a warrior. He's a warrior himself. He's a fighter himself. And when he chose the worship team, he saw the advice of the commanders of his army because it's warfare. It's warfare, church. And it's a powerful tool. Worshiping God by the Spirit brings about change in the heart of the worshiper. It changes us. When you learn to worship the Holy Spirit, works in your heart. How? We do not know. 
It was the same instruction that Samuel gave to Saul. Saul, you are going to walk back and there will be people who are worshipping there and you are going to join them in the worship and your heart will be changed. From that day onwards, sure enough, his heart was changed. He began to prophesy with a, with a team of prophets. There was a singing, there was a music and Saul was changed. Worship changes our heart. Worship breaks open the atmosphere for God to move. You know, there is a powerful speed, a, 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 a breakthrough when provision is needed, when, when, when barrenness turns into fruitfulness, when there are obstacles to be overcome. Brains, worship, breakthrough in a way that sometimes even prayers cannot do it. But when you learn to worship God, you are declaring the promises of God. You are declaring by faith what is not yet. Many of the songs talks about that. Declaring the faithfulness of God and, and what is not yet and speaking and, and singing it into being. It's powerful. So God uses worship for all of these things. Worship team, can you just come? Encounter, healing, warfare, change, breakthrough. Is that what you need in your life? Don't just be stuck and think that God will never move in your life. Learn to worship Him and see. See how the Spirit will move. So how then do we worship? The practice. How do we practice worship? By the Spirit of God. Of course, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Worship by the Spirit can only be done when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on seeking the feeling of the Holy Spirit. That, that intimate relationship with God. Ask God to put a song on your heart each day. A song in your heart. No matter what the situation, a song in the heart. When the Spirit comes, the heart sings. When the Spirit comes, the heart sings. Singing unto the Lord. with a joyful noise many times, no matter what the situation. Worship by the Spirit in your devotion. Time, time alone with God. Worship the Lord. Know your authority in Christ. You're not a beaten up child when you come before the Lord. When you worship before the Lord. Depression must leave. Anxiety must leave. You have authority in Christ. This will not pull you down. You stand by the authority of Christ against all the forces of darkness and you release by the Holy Spirit that worship and praise unto the Lord. Cultivate that lifestyle of worship. Engage fully. Engage fully. When you come to worship like this morning, Oh, you know, you all were engaged in worship. It seems that I was the only one looking around. Shame on me, huh? But I was wanting to learn about worship and how we are worshipping. Many of you have had your hands raised unto the Lord. You don't care about who is on your left, who is on your right. Don't care about your clothing or the neighbor's clothing. How you look or how the other person looks. Engage fully in worship. Release yourself in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Practice spontaneity. 
Yes, the worship team have certain things that are said, but there's always place for spontaneity. You want to break out in dancing. You want to break out in just uh, tongues. You want to break out even in a new song or whatever it is. Be spontaneous. The Lord give you a word. Just be spontaneous unto the Lord. At the same time, think about what you are singing. Don't, there must be the discipline of the mind as well. If our whole body or our, our whole faculty is engaged. Spirit, soul, and body. And there is a local church commitment. In this church, we believe in spirit-led worship. Spirit-inspired worship. And we want the Holy Spirit to do that. Be engaged in that church. Be committed to this kind of a church that will, that will help you even, even, even uh, in, in spirit, anointed, spirit-led worship unto the Lord. As a church, are you ready to worship? Are you hungry to worship the Lord? Hallelujah. Father, we ask, Lord, even right now, that you just work a mighty work by the Holy Spirit. Let there be that release of the Spirit. Release of the Spirit right now. Teach us to worship you by the Spirit. For we put no confidence in the flesh at all. Take over Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Shall we stand together?